Welcome to today's episode of CLCI Live, brought to you by the award-winning and ICF-accredited school, Certified Life Coach Institute. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. We lost somebody. We had five, now there are four. Hi, everybody. Welcome to CLCI Live. It's another awesome week. Um, before we talk about what it is we are going to be discussing, just want to make sure that everybody knows, please join in the conversation. Um, we will address your questions in the chat, and uh, we want to hear from you. So now let's talk about what we're talking about today. And what is What is it we are talking about? What is it we are talking about? folks. Ferocious coaching? Ferocious coaching? That's kind of fun. It sounds like um, I'm going to attack somebody. Um, (laughs) Coaching with ferocity, being a ferocious ferocious coach. Say that three times fast. Ferocious. Um, Ferocious, 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 ferocious. So I think one of the other things that that topics too that's kind of been brought into this is uh, radical candor is uh, also but let's dive into what we might mean when we say ferocious coaching. I think being challenging or maybe not uh, being able to handle difficult clients maybe as well, but also directly challenging your clients, calling them out on their BS um pull their head out of their own butts yeah i would say very similar to that um bringing up uh, when your when your clients seem to be maybe potentially stuck um i think doing your best to shift that conversation to benefit them um by maybe saying some things that aren't necessarily i wouldn't say mean but they're not nice um they Difficult to hear for your clients sometimes. It can be difficult, but it's, uh, again, like Anthony was mentioning, it's a challenge. It could be dispensing with politeness for the sake of making a point Mm -hmm. that needs to be made. I think one of the ways that um, I appreciated that was was put, this was put, was uh, it's akin to being okay with being sort of the bad guy, being okay with um, being uncomfortable because you're going to call out your client right you're gonna and we we can say that i mean there's there's different ways to do that but the example given was um we want you to go in there and coach to get yourself fired like go in be so honest that that people don't like you um and it's that's real extreme but i think that taking it to the extreme is a good way to demonstrate because then we'll find sort of that middle ground right Mm -hmm. so so can i insult my clients no no, oh. that's not what we mean. <laughs> I say these things, but I'm just on the other thinking. Side. Oh, go on. You you went too far off the yeah. The way off. No, I have to it's be true. that guy for the sake of the audience. That's I where know the, not to insult them. <laughs> that's where this this concept of radical candor comes in, and like, there's different ways you can be. And one of the the examples given in this concept was. There's, you know, radical candor, which is where you want to kind of fall, but then you can fall into this sort of category that, that is like aggressive sort of a-hole. And that's when you're not being, so the two keys is that you still want to be empathetic 
and you still want to, you're doing this for the benefit of your client. You are being, I think this is a big sort of, you're being ferocious for the client so that they can grow so that they can, and, and they can become better human beings. Um, this is, it's always on the, um, with the expectation that the client is, is going to be, um, what benefiting or the, the benefit, the benefit of this will be to the client. Um, so let's, let's sort of play with this. What, what, do, what do you think that as coaches we might do that might be the opposite of radical candor or, or what some coaches might do? Hey, you know, it's okay that like you didn't, you know, you'd said last week you were going to do X, Y, and Z and you didn't. And you said that the week before and you didn't. And Hey, you know, like, it's okay. Um, what do you want to work on this week? <coughs> Same thing. Okay. Are you going to do it next week? Okay. You say, you say you <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll believe you. I have my trust in you. And then come next week, it doesn't happen. And you're just spinning your wheels. Yeah. There's a space of not holding your, your client accountable. Also, I would say there is a space where, again, you want to you want to move this conversation. So maybe you're not necessarily listening. I feel like uh, validation is, is where, I'm, where I'm trying to go. Um, you're validating your client a little bit too frequently to the point where, again, they're just they're spinning in circles. Jen. Yeah, I mean, it's just a, a matter of not expressing what you see. A lot of times the client will be talking and you as the coach, you see something, but they just keep going on and they're like, right, you understand, right? And it's not ever about that. And so that moment of when they ask, you understand, you get it, right? That's your chance to tell them what you see, whatever is going on, whatever you notice. You said this, now you're saying this, those two things directly contradict each other. So what does that mean for you? What's true for you? You know, like really getting into it with them. So being bold and, and not, um, not letting them walk all over you in the sense where they're dominating and controlling every move this conversation makes. It's a collaboration. It's a co-creation. You are involved in that process and you take ownership of that as a coach. I think that that's so critical what you just said like when we talk about coaching we, we often talk about how the client is leading this is about the client the client and how we want to create a safe space and that the client we believe what the client believes we're, we're trusting our client we're but but we're sort of addressing this other concept where we're introducing um this 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 okay no we pick it we have a role in this too as a coach and we have a role. I mean, we're not just there as yes men. Right. Um, we are are there yes men and women and uh, non-binary, <laughs> genderless yes, yes people. Um, <laughs> we are we're there to to go to to challenge them and to actually make these observations, use our intuition, ask those questions, and be bold, like Jen said and unafraid to maybe point out those things uh, and make observations or um, mirror their contradictions. Um, it's being a little tough, right? 
I've, this is something that's happened very free. I've done very frequently with um, a handful of clients where I'll ask a pretty direct question that's, you know, open-ended enough where they can sort of go into it, but it does have a answer and the client will just kind of talk, start talking and then go off on a different track and maybe explain themselves a little bit and they're getting away from the question. And after I let them talk for five minutes or so, I'm like, okay, you didn't answer my question though. My question was this, is it, can you answer that? And so that, I mean, I think that might be a, did we say vicious or ferocious coaching? Which ferocious. One ferocious. Ferocious. <laughs> vicious might take it a little too far. I think that's a good example of ferocious coaching where you have, you know, as a coach, you have a question in mind and your client may get off topic. They may, you know, spin the yarn a little bit. It's up to you to sort of bring it back to the point of the coaching session. As long as the, you know, the question is aligned with what they wanted for, at the start of the session or what their session goal was. Which um, I was going to add to what you're saying, Anthony, is make sure you're not attached to that mm -hmm. question that you need to have that question answered for you. It's a question that supports just exactly what you said that supports the client and where they're at in the moment and is to enhance what they're experiencing in in that ex, um, in that session mm -hmm. if it's a question that you you have that burning desire to have answered that's that's an attachment that that that's the one you want to walk walk possibly away from do you guys have any other ferocious examples in your repertoires well, I think uh, the point you brought up was that making sure the client doesn't meander is a, a very good thing. Um, what's interesting in this is I think that, that um, if we are going to do this and if you're taking it for to the level of what you really think it is, right, or what we the, the truest level, it could upset our clients, right? Um, because they may not want to, to hear if you're going to hold them to the fire, like, well, you just said this and you're not going to let go of that, right? <laughs> Until they uh, come up to salute, come up, you know, address it. It could, it's going to make everybody a little uncomfortable, I would bet. Um, how I do you, think, I think yeah. it's less uncomfortable. I think it stops them in their tracks uh, many of the times that I've used it. I, uncomfortable. You know, I guess if you do it in such a way with attitude, yes. But when you have that report, like every one of you have had clients, every one of you in some fashion have challenged your clients. Did, were you challenging in a way that was off-putting to them in the sense of that they they don't feel safe anymore. Well, I think the misunderstanding that I yeah. when I said uncomfortable, I said, I said everybody, I was, I was referring to the fact that the coach may feel uncomfortable with this oh, as sure. well, because sure. they're, you're not people pleasing anymore, yeah. right? You are, you are having to sort of stand your ground and not let the client bulldoze you. Cause I, mm -hmm. I can imagine there's a lot of times where the, um, it's, I mean, again, one, I think it's good in the right moment to stand your ground and, and hold it. But, but if it's a, if you're challenging something that maybe the client has been telling themselves and, and all of that over and over, this might be a moment that they, 
that aha stops in their tracks moment, but it might be a little difficult for you to, to bring that. It might be a little scary um, to, to be willing to do that. Yeah, and yes. that's also, oh, go ahead, Lisa. Can you think of a time where it felt that way for any of you, where you recognized the, the um, deviation from what they were saying and you felt a little uncomfortable when you brought it to their attention? I still am in the state where it always activates my nervous system in a way where I'm recognizing this is not comfortable for me to be this bold and assertive. But like, like you said, Lisa, a coach asks questions without attachment. So I keep that in my awareness of when I point out um, certain things that I see, I'm, I'm offering it to the client without attachment, even if they, if I say I, I'm noticing this or it sounds like or it seems like, what do you think about that? What does that mean to you? They can come back sometimes and say, no, that's not it at all. And I'm okay with that because it's my duty to offer what I see. That's how we continue to move the conversation forward. So I guess it still feels uncomfortable, but I'm just okay with that as being part of the process as, as a new coach. Um, I bet it gets more comfortable, but you know, for now I'm still kind of aware of like, okay, that wasn't people pleasing. That's for sure. <laughs> and so they're in that space, even yet there's further way you could even challenge that moment further, because if they have shown up and shared with you some other kind of details, and now they're saying this kind of detail is different, you get to you know, bring it back around. That's, that's the beauty of it. Cause they often when they're confused in the direction that they're wanting to go, not recognizing they have those two distinct different, a tug of war is going on and bringing that to their attention allows them to go, Oh, no wonder I'm blocked. No wonder I've got this happening or they are answering what they should and what that right answer should be but they're not answering what their truth is they've given you what their truth is and who they are because you've built that rapport you've gotten enough information that challenge comes up when they answer it for a test <laughs> not for who they are i can remember a moment where i was a bit uncomfortable with the client where she was a people pleaser so i could see that she was, you know, trying to give like what you were mentioning, Lisa, uh, the right answer as opposed to actually speaking her truth. Um, but I think this is the reason why it's important to not uh, have personal relations with your clients um, is because if you do, you sometimes understand, you know what, I'm pushing that button and I'm going to stop. I won't even ask the question that could get them to the answer that they're looking for. Um, so again, just making sure you're doing your job the right way by continuing to, again, reflect if, you know, that is necessary. Let them know what they have spoke uh, prior in the, in the session. And then also saying that maybe you're contradicting yourself. Um, so again, I think not having personal relations is a, is a key part of that. Uh, I think an example for me sometimes where a client will say contradictory statements and I will call them out on the contradictory contradictory statement, but I will accept the fact that probably both statements are true. I need it explained to me though. 
And so how I will word it is be like, okay, earlier in the session, you said A, and now you're saying B, these two don't seem to align with each other. Can you explain your point of view on like how these are both true or is there, or is one true and not the other true? And so I'll make it sound like, I'll make it sound like from a, I'll say like from a third party perspective, this doesn't seem to be the case or this doesn't seem to be true or this doesn't seem to jive. How can you explain from your perspective, these two things that don't seem to go with each other? And so I'm probably softening it more than I need to for the person instead of just saying, hey, you're lying to me somewhere. Um, but I mean, there are ways to still challenge your clients and not be uncomfortable with yourself. It just depends on how you word it really. Well, what's funny in one of the articles we read, um, and I'm just reading, I'm, I'm reading, rereading it now. I kind of want to, um, I'll just read aloud what she said. Um, we all know intuition plays a big role in coaching. It's easy to fall into intuition in some places such as I sense that topic is hard for you, but it's much harder to follow it up um, by follow, or it's much harder to follow it by holding up a mirror that reflects back some awkward truths that that sounds like you're hedging. Like, um, it's a discomfort that I've learned to embrace, even if uh, sometimes I don't always do it well. Um, so essentially it's, this is, I guess more, it's like, it, it's interesting because that line to me, that sounds like it's hedging to me, sounds like you're feeding your client, right? A bit. But I suppose if you're using it as a mirror, a tool to mirror, this is what it, from my perspective, from an outside perspective, this is what I, I am hearing. And then you would, as a, and so you could be a little rougher mirror, essentially there. What does that mean for you? Or, or, um, what, what is the, tr what, I mean, what is, what is the truth behind that statement? This is what it sounds like on my end, but what is the truth for you? Um, and I think that that's kind of a very cool tool if I really think about it. And it's not one that I have had the balls to use, let's say, um, because I've always been very cautious about wanting to put words in the mouth of my client, right? But it's this is kind of, it seems almost like a bit of an exception where you could do that so long as you're, you of course are saying, this is what it sounds like. Mm -hmm. What's the truth? Um, because you're you're accepting that your subjective opinion isn't the end all be all of whatever it is the client's telling you. Like you're at least giving them that well. This is what it sounds like. And then you follow it up with it, what is your truth? So I can see maybe some amateur coaches being like, Well, it sounds like you're saying this, and then just continue on with that assumption and never uh -huh. visiting to try to clarify. Yep. Um, so I think maybe I'm trying to remember, is it ferocious coaches? I guess ferocious coaching with ferocity, being a fierce yeah, coach. ferocious coaches <laughs> would know to challenge and reflect back mm -hmm. and ask for more input. Yeah. You could, you could even say, you know, right now what's coming to me, if I can do this with you is to challenge you. Are you willing to be challenged? I mean, you can even just give it a title and go down that challenging path that could for coaches perhaps if the client agrees maybe it makes it more or less discomfort 
I don't know what that more comfortable, less discomfort, whatever that word best serves here. But um, anything's possible. I think that, that, that I mean, really the, the big key in this space, the very important part in this space is, is that um, you are, okay, so I'm going to ask it this way instead of saying what it is. Um, if you are not telling your client those observations, telling them, reflecting these observations that are contradictory back to them or making these observations when they are clearly, um, where it's, you know, your intuition is kicking in or where, you know, they're making contradictory statements or they're talking in circles and things like that. If we as a coach do not point these out to them, are we doing a disservice to our client? Are we lying to our clients? Yes. <laughs> okay. So tell me more about that, Jen. <laughs> That's because if, because if we don't supply that, then what is the purpose of the coaching space, right? So if, if they didn't need that reflection, if they didn't need someone else's, you know, input into what they are saying, what they are thinking, they would figure out their own shit. They wouldn't need a coach. So they need that. It is our duty to the client to supply that. And they are at will to say, no, that's not correct. But actually, let me tell you what is what just came up for me in you asking that or saying that many times, if you reflect something and you're wrong, it still pushes the conversation forward mm -hmm. to more awareness. Jen, I think you just like stepped in your power right there. Too. <laughs> like you just like you just were I'm just gonna make an observation, but you know, like, that was powerful the Jen right there. Like she was like, Yeah, that is our job and this is why. Like <laughs> Jen knows. <laughs> um and, put and in simple terms as well, you're missing I brought up the core competency so I can look at it. You're missing core competency seven and eight, which is evoking awareness and facilitating client growth. Like that just is missing mm -hmm. if you don't do that. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's like you, you're, I don't know, you're coaching with a limp or a handicap. Like you're not. There's no depth. Yeah, there's no depth. There's no further progression well, or growth. The point I was going to bring up, this is kind of, I think, a big line between ACC, PCC, and MCC coaching, right? I think in ACC, you'll find more people that are willing to just sort of take the client out of where we're not challenge them, not bring it to that next level. And it's much more of the problem. But when we start to coach the person, we have to address that what they're saying is often not matching what's really going on right <laughs> and that's where tools like this i think come in really handy and the permission to be a strong coach yeah a fierce coach of, to be to make them know that when they get in there shoot i'm gonna have to work on myself <laughs> yeah. um but the, the the end result because they're doing that work and they're being challenged is the growth I think the other thing that ties into this is that anti-fragility too. I mean, if we treat our clients with kit gloves all the time and keep them, baby them and hold them safe, um, and then, then we're, all we're doing is creating dependency and, and not, you know, but if we are willing to make it a little uncomfortable, they become stronger and they learn. Um, so with the 
the couples, I mean, we're doing this all the time because one person in the couple does not hear in the same fashion. They hear with resentment ears, I guess you could say. And so when I hear someone speaking or if the one person uh, of the couple somehow responds what they've heard and I've heard something different, I go, well, let's check in here. Let me share with you what my interpretation is of what you said, blah, 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 blah. Share with me what's wrong, what's right, you know, what is all of that? And so the, the it gives the opportunity for the other partner to hear things differently. So it became a challenge. It was a soft challenge in, in a sense because I didn't challenge them directly. I indirectly challenged them by um, engaging with the person who did speak to find out what their intention and connection to what they were saying was. And so that, that definitely can cause some uh, disruption. There's the word I'm looking for the disruption in the experience, because that's where the words you're lying will come out sometimes, right? That's where some of the challenging vocabulary even come out from the clients because of their interpretation of a given situation. And so that's what we're not doing is we're not interpreting, but we are taking the challenge of what that client is saying and helping them recognize their ownership of what they're saying. So the challenge, what is it that they really want to do? How do they really want to show up and, and, and what is it going to entail? They can say one thing and it looks completely different over here. I want to do X, Y, and Z, but over here they've shared how they haven't done anything and how they haven't and they continue not doing versus the doing that they have to do to achieve this. I can't think of a situation otherwise I'd share with you, but in that space, we've got two opposite behaviors and that challenges, you know, could be what is it that you really want to do? You haven't done, you've said you want to do. Oh, I know one. I had clients coming in and they kept telling me, you know, that they wanted to create their connecting experience. I'm not going to be real specific. And in that connecting experience, one partner said they were willing to, the other partner said they were willing to, that's what they wanted to do. They came up with it, went home, came back. We didn't do it. And what finally happened is I stopped. <laughs> I go, I am missing something. I'm clearly missing something. Share with me what I'm missing. And the one person said that they were done with the relationship. They were just there to work on things. So then the truth can come out, right? So the, they could finally share what their truth was. So that can come out with these challenging kinds of behaviors we have with our clients. And it looks different for each moment. My question, Lisa, what am I missing? Yeah, that's a, that's a great one because it allows you to share your, your insight or what you see or what it seems or sounds like, and, and then asking them to define what it is that's not, you know, communicating to you. Um, and that actually can open up a very powerful distinction that could be something very small 
but that distinction can be something that completely transformed the client. And, and it did. It might not been, if I was attached to making them stay together, if I was making them stay together and attached to that outcome, you know, that would have been not, I would have not have been happy, but I'm not attached to what their outcome is. I'm, a, I'm attached to them getting their, their work done in my presence that they're supposed to get the job done, not attached to where it ends up. And for some people, that's a challenge. Also, coaches, because they have an agenda. Do you guys think there are other ferocious ways of coaching? I have one thing in mind. I'll go. Um, also, I think just simply asking your client to um, display their options in a moment where, you know, if they're trying to get to a goal, and they say this is what i want to do and you ferociously in the in the sense that we're speaking about it now um not maybe raise your voice at them or anything like that but you ask them okay so how are you going to do that and then you continue and say when you're going to do this by um, i think that can seem uh, a little maybe potentially ferocious uh, but it's again to help your client move forward and progress move towards their goal clearly and accurately. I think that's a really good point. That framework, laying that time on things and like holding your client, like, no, this is part of coaching. This is part, it's in the core competency. It says timely, I mean, timely is part of this process. So saying, okay, well, what are we gonna do in this session? And then what are you gonna do outside of this session and when? And I think that, that being a, um, I know that this is something that m my clients have responded really well to me with is that I do, it's that ICF framework that for me is very important to me is, is you no, know, we're going to set a session goal. We're going to reach that goal. And then at the end of this, we're going to set some deadlines like <laughs> what's happening. And, um, that is a kind of way something and i'm just sort of realizing this that that because i've had clients reflect it back to me i really like this your coaching style because I, it holds me accountable holds me to the flame and and um uh i guess a little bit now i'm just sort of realizing i think that 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 comes from my i i think my structure um as much you know as, as much as of a rebel i am i i highly adhere to rules and structure uh it's the audio digital in me um and so that's an important part. And you're not walking out of the session without, without us figuring, I mean, you're not starting the session without me figuring out what we're going to accomplish. Um, and we're not going to finish the session without you walking out with, with goals and objectives. And if the goals and our objectives are, I'm going to do nothing because I need to relax and that's, that's fine. But um, we're going to say, okay, how are you going to do nothing this week? <laughs> we're gonna plan for nothing we are we are and you're gonna walk and when when what day are you gonna do nothing <laughs> so i have a question about this what happens when you come up against a client who has issues with meeting deadlines or creating um you know like what if they want it to just be like I want this just to evolve organically. I want to do work on my thoughts and my feelings, and I want to just go into my week more conscious, and I want to see how I evolve naturally. I, 
my so there's two things i would want to know what the overall overarching goal is before i answer that because if that client is coming in uh, to accomplish something specific um and a, and there's a specific amount of time that it needs to happen um i would want to reflect back the overarching goal to them and then if they said no this is this is the best plan for me this week then i'm not questioning that okay but i would always want to hold up that mirror to remind them that hey when you came in you said you wanted to do x by x and so i get that you want this you, you've said you want organic you want so i'm just going to say is this is this still in alignment with your over our, our overarching goal here um all and not be afraid works. to say that what all of that works all of that is wonderful yeah. there's other ways to to address that as well I, I could ask in this space because i think there was a piece of what you said that this is who they are and i may have missed that jen i'm not sure but i'm going to ask how did how does that support what you've been doing how does that making that decision to do it the what you've been doing support you in this next journey mm -hmm. what would the challenge be for you so definitely could you ask, yeah huh could you ask could you ask how has that been been working for you yeah i have making a judgment yeah. but i mean that's a bold yeah. statement you know you i just say it in a sarcastic uh voice no, as well but I how's mean, that honestly, that's a bold you? state. How, you know, I just want to do this and this because I, well, how has that been working for you? Yeah. And that might be an aha moment where they go, shh, I need to, whoa, maybe, this is, maybe I do have to step out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Because the truth is, I think, I mean, and I can almost say that you, I'm sure there are exceptions, but in almost every coaching um, environment, the idea is that we're challenging ourselves to make changes like that's why people are stepping into a coaching session to challenge themselves to make changes and, and any change we know it comes with a degree of stepping out of your comfort zone mm -hmm. so that client that's like oh i just want to be this you know da, 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 which maybe if i mean that might be the moment that i go is this is how's that working for you so <laughs> even what we're talking about you the coach me the coach if I'm expecting my client to get out of comfort zone, me, the coach better get out of my comfort zone as well. My other question too, in that moment, could, is it possible or would it be appropriate if you had that client that was like that? And I said, okay, um, would it be okay if I held up a mirror here or made a, when I hear you say that, what I hear is I, I don't really want to work on anything this week. I mean, it's that that's kind of a moment where we could, I hear that you sound like a, a you know, a kind of flaky, hippy dippy, uh, mm -hmm. spooky woo woo. <laughs> not making judgments, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna probably not go that direction, but something that will help them recognize, you know, in that, in that um, echoing back of what they're saying could you say, well, what I hear is I'm not going to do any work this week. I mean, I think that that's sort of what this article is saying is being comfortable with making mm -hmm. those that, I mean, that's those going, okay, Hey, I'm saying this because this is what it sounds like to me. 
Right, because you, you'll share back with them. Here you did, you shared this, you shared that. You've shared all of these ways on how that system that you're talking about does not, did not support you. Mm -hmm. So to me, when you're speaking, it sounds like you're putting your time and energy in a system that doesn't support what you want your outcome to be. How to, you know, so there's all kinds of ways you could say that. Yeah. But in the end, would you push the client to create specific concrete goals with deadlines, or would you allow that client to choose that path if they thought that would serve them best? Yeah, if they came back and go, you know, I hear you, you've shared with me, you've told me she's going to let, she's not going to let them go, but I'm going to have to let them go. Well, my thing is, I feel like maybe coaching isn't right for you. Get out of here. <laughs> next, week, it doesn't, though, like yeah, next, week, next week you come back and you say you didn't do it again. That's when you get to hold that candle a little okay, closer. Okay. Yeah. But the thing is, though, I mean, if they came in the first session one, right, if we're at session one and they're like, oh, I just sort of want to discover myself and I don't want to, I want organic and I want to, well, that's not really what coaching is for, right? That's for me, that's like, that's what, now you're just, what are we doing? I mean, but, I mean, maybe that's a weird space for me because I, I respect the safe space for people to explore and discover who they are. I 100% do. But ultimately, we're not supposed to be coaching our clients for the rest of their lives. Um, so we would still need a goal for me to have like coach with your conscience. I would still need a goal because otherwise I'm just taking her money to hang out with her for an hour, um, and agree with her and say, yes, like, <laughs> you still have to do ICF coaching agreement, right? You still have to know what she wants to, or I say, she, they want to know what they want to work on today's session. <clears throat> I just want to have a person to speak with and bounce ideas off of. So then, you know, when we're at the end of our session, how do you know that you've accomplished your ability to just bounce things up? What is that going to look like? And how is that going to, you still have to do the contract. Right. And usually the client is seeking clarity or some, you know, form of like resolution of whatever is going on in their head, right? There's some sort of, battle happening in their head and they're wanting to just get it out, sort through it, gain clarity so they can move forward potentially on whatever else they're doing. So that's me, my question too, though. I mean, that's still, it's so critical to come up with that overarching when we talk about the big, big goal, because right. it's, we're, we're taking the big goal and the sessions are the micro goals. So mm -hmm. like with the big goal, when we said that and they say, okay, I want to sort through stuff going on in my head. Well, that's still very intangible to me. I'd ask, okay, so what is that? What is that person that's sorted through it all? That's got it. What is what? It, what is going on in their life? How do we know we've successfully done that? Um, and and how has your life changed so that you have done that? And and that's sort of it, this is sort of me going into my marketing brain in this bit. But but that's when we really nail down. Okay, I know I'll know because this will be happening in my life. This will be happening in my life. This will be happening in my life. Yeah. Okay. Great. So now we've got a, sort of a way, a space to work in. We know what we're working towards, mm -hmm. um, and it's tangible. Like, mm -hmm. 
sorting through things in your head ultimately i think that they want to sort through the things in their head there's some there's a there's a deeper thing there and that's that emotional relevance that's why we as coaches it's important that we ask why in those moments that's the moment we get to ask why well why why do you want to sort through this stuff in your head what's it going to do what's that going to give you and that's how you can really learn and discover deeper down what your client really wants and then you get to working on it <laughs> in my experience many times the goal is becoming a higher version of themselves becoming who they want to be right whether it's you know more loving or compassionate or more optimistic and positive more driven more creative whatever they're looking for to create that version of themselves and they're realizing oh some of my own thoughts are in my way <laughs> quite literally yeah and i would ask I would ask them, okay, what does that higher version of yourself look like? Tell me, describe it, explain it. Tell me what that, what is a day in the life of your higher version like? And uh, then you're going to start getting tangible results. They're going to start to tell you right there. Well, I'm going to be happier. I'm going to get along with my husband better. I'm not going to hate my job. I'm going to get up out every day and I'm going to work out and I'm going to feel good. And I'm going to, they'll start to tell you like what they, you're going to start to hear. Okay. Well, all these things. What is that going to give you? And then, I mean, ultimately, is one of the things you mentioned, Jen, is tapping in. Like, well, are we all working on the same thing? Because I think a lot of my clients are. Um, but truthfully, every person I talk to, when I do a drill down, it always ends in, well, then I'd be, I'd be free, I'd be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really ultimately what we're all seeking, um, except for maybe Anthony. No. <laughs> I don't think that's possible, so I don't work towards it as a goal. What is Anthony's ultimate goal? <laughs> doesn't none. exist. I think we discussed um, this His goal is to not have goals. Right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> no purpose, no goals, just get to life and then die, you know, pleasantly happy, I guess. <laughs> Um, sound terrible. <laughs> no. I wanted, I wanted to get back to sort of what Jen was saying a bit earlier was like those different kind of sessions. And I tend to find that my sessions fall into three categories of, you know, your standard, you're working on, you've got a goal, the session contract in mind and you work towards it. And then you've got actionable things to do at the end. And then it sort of splits into two somewhat related categories of, exploration and dealing with blocks and those can take up a whole session sometimes um rather than just addressing what are you going to do to get to your goal because i've had some sessions where we're getting to that point and then i maybe stupidly ask a question and then the whole edifice of their goal just deconstructs and they got to like figure things out and reevaluate what they find valuable uh -huh. and that takes some exploration and digging to do um the one thing sometimes yeah and i do, i think it's it should happen and but i you think for me and maybe this is me adhering too much too i would just ask them you know okay i've noticed a change um and uh in, in I've noticed a change in what was go, in this topic and that we're going into this new space. We had this overarching, we have this goal for the session, but uh, is this what you would like to explore now? 
and I just always would ask that question, uh, you know, to sort of make sure to remind them, hey, this is this is what you said we you wanted to do, but we I now see we're going down this path, and just sort of check, do that check in. Is this is this the path? Is this where we want to be right now? And then and if are, they say, some, pile ahead, right? There are some coaches out there who are too a little too ferocious and be like, well, let's just get back on track with the original coaching contract and work on that. We, I. I don't even know hypothetically how a coach could like be like that, but I'm sure some are out there who are a little too like they got the blinders on and it's their goal now to just move the session along. So I've watched and I won't say any names. I've watched a couple of <laughs> sessions when they're, you know, these are popular person up there live and, and what they'll do is they will, poke and prod and challenge, which, okay, yes, but they'll poke and prod challenge and drive the boat, if you will, to make that person give an answer. And I find it interesting because they've done some follow-up with that and I, and, and they put that out there. I thought that was interesting as well. And when they put it out there, what they may help to, you know, drive where the client was going, they backpedaled and, and went back to the, you know, what they were doing. Okay. So, the, so maybe they made some adjustments, which is good, but they didn't have to sever a relationship <laughs> to only get back to the relationship and, and do those bits and pieces, you know? So there's, I, I don't, I don't agree with a coach driving the boat. That, Would this person different. happen to be named Roni Tobbins? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Moving on. I think that, I mean, really, really, what, I mean, I think what's very cool about this space is we so often, again, are talk about let the kind of lead, lead, you know, all of that. But this is a moment when we're going, hey, this is a little bit when you get to step into your power, coaches, when you get to go, oh no, I'm this is this is not a collaboration. This isn't just you in a room. This is a this right. is our chance to collaborate. And and when we collaborate, it's two people making something better because there's two brains in there and they're both working. And so this is one of those really powerful moments when a coach gets to 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 be an integral part of the process and, and that's that co-creating and you're co-creating um when you're co it's, I, I used to say this when i would work with people and we would be working on creative projects i'd be like if you don't bring up to me and point out to me things that you think might go wrong things that you think could be better things that i will never know and we will we're going to make a subpar product right whatever we're creating is going to be less less good because I'm not thinking of the things you're thinking, but when you bring your brain in and we got, we got double the power, we got two people, both there kicking butt together, pointing out blind spots, like uh, Carol said, um, and what's going to be better is the outcomes are going to, that's, what's going to be better from this is from both people sort of working together and you, you create, you get better outcomes with more brains involved. Um, and so I, I would say, so it feels like you're robbing me of opportunity if you don't share it with me. Like, I feel like what you're doing is, is you're, you're, you're making, it's not going to be as good without, without this. So it, this is one of those moments when uh, as a coach, you, your 
sort of feedback, your mirror, your being willing to say, hey, you know, I'm going to hold you to this um, uh, or at least point it out to you. <laughs> um, we, we are making our client a better outcome for our clients by doing that. And uh, it's it really sort of, I think, brings that this is co-creating. This is, this is, that's what this is. It's not just a client in a room. It, you're asking questions and you, no, 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 you have play a very critical role. And, and this is one of those tools for coaches that, that is that critical rule or role moment, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. I've got sort of a question now, maybe stepping outside of the, I guess, interior of the coaching relationship and more so how the coach presents themselves. How can coaches maybe present themselves as a ferocious coach? Maybe second. <laughs> I'm going to challenge you. You're not going to fuck you. <laughs> you get three minutes. <laughs> uh, are we talking about appearance here, or yeah, like... are we talking about like in marketing? Are we talking about? I mean, I well, market, in marketing space maybe maybe like you're trying to present yourself as a coach who doesn't bs or maybe trying to separate yourself from the pack because my personal interpretation of coaches is they're all kind of yeah you go onto a lot of websites and it feels like that i think a, a coach that said with an edge if there was a coach with an edge that stood out that was like no 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 i'm not gonna you're not gonna get away with it it's not going to happen. We're going to grow. You're going to be challenged. This is going to be hard. You're going to, I love my stand up. I'm like, okay, okay. I'm a little intimidated, Carol, a little nervous, Carol but I'm ready. Comments, be a shark. Be a shark. I think we already went through shark week, but yes, be the shark. <laughs> but I think that that's, you know, that this won't be easy. Yeah. Uh, but amazing things aren't always easy. I mean, I mean, the whole time. I mean, the whole point is you're here to challenge yourself. And I think pointing that out, you know, setting the groundwork with your client and letting them know session one, you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. And sometimes honesty isn't, isn't the easiest thing to hear, but I'll always be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I think Sam at the office has uh, some opportunity here. You can dress up as a drill sergeant. I was thinking about, I wanted to ask earlier, when is it okay to yell at your clients? Is uh, it okay? ask for it? No, I don't think so. I don't think yelling needs to happen ever. I don't think yelling is okay. I don't think, I'm just not okay with yelling. I have had to stand up a few times because we were in person. I've had to stand up, put my hands on the hip, you know, like get the puffer fish, get bigger to settle the, their little. Because they're arguing with each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. So maybe in a group coaching session, or maybe if you get talk to a lot of people, you can start yelling then. Yeah, absolutely. Well, of course, if there's a crowd of people, you got to keep them in line. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's also, we're not considering, like we, we're talking in a space where I think the assumption is it's like a coach who's on a one-on-one -on -one session, maybe a Zoom call, maybe they're in a room with their client or maybe two clients. There are a lot of people going to our classes now who are not coaching in that context one bit. They're coaching in an organizational sense where maybe a bit of ferocity is part of the job or it's your responsibility to be abrupt and prompt and, you know, ferocious. 
Yeah, you, you do bring up a good point when you're in that business coaching and you're going out to an organization, a lot of the times you're there to get someone <laughs> in alignment with the corporation that they like who that person is on some um, place, but on other areas, they needed to be have improvement. So improvement, there's going to be lots of discomfort uh, when you're working with that client. Mm -hmm. we're, we're also, you know, there's coaches who are in the military as well, and they aren't the softest bunch of people uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, being responsible, talking to their either superiors or people who work under them. Um, you have to make quick decisions sometimes, and sometimes coaching comes along with that where you have to be more abrupt and more focused, but still, you know, have candor doing it for what's best for the person involved um, in the coaching session. I mean, that's always the key in all of this. We can do this, but we're always doing this so that we can benefit the, it's for the client's benefit. Yeah, for it's, the client's it's for benefit. empathy. It's so that they can have better outcomes and so that the end results can be better and stronger. And, you know, we're not doing it because we, from an ego place, uh, we're doing it from a place of, no, I'm going to just be honest with you because this is the best, best thing right now. So, yeah, it's kind of like tough love. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All your time. Now I'm thinking, imagining some parents in class, like be a ferocious parent who loves your child. Yeah. Give them tough love. <laughs> Just be honest. <laughs> All righty. I think that about wraps up our live. Thank you guys so much for, as always, make sure you go out there and be ferocious. Be yeah. fierce. <laughs> Everybody like a kitten. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I gotta go like this. Bigger, bigger. <laughs> um, make sure you guys check out Certified Life Coach Institute. We certify coaches in three days. Also, make sure you like, follow, share, all of that good stuff. Subscribe. Did I forget anything? Bigger <laughs> classes next week. Oh, and next week we'll be back at four o'clock with another awesome coaching topic. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Once again, this is brought to you by Certified Life Coach Institute. We're an ICF accredited school who certifies our life coaches in three-day online intensive courses. In addition to other podcast episodes, feel free to check us out every Tuesday at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time on YouTube or Facebook for our CLCI Lives, where we get together and discuss various topics that are centered around sharpening your skills so you can become a better certified life coach. For more information, feel free to visit us at certifiedlifecoachinstitute.com. Until next time, be well.